Check one, two, check one, two. Chickity check. Hey, everybody out there. It's uh, This is Michael Rosso, and I'm with Matt Mirage, and we're here uh, all alone. Yeah, we're <laughs> here. Studios. Yeah. Winding down. Yeah, we're, we're this is you know, we're this is uh, we're, we're recording this the day after our big New York City FPP meetup. Yeah, and uh, welcome to the show. It's episode number sixty, and it is uh, May twentieth, twenty two, twenty two, twenty two, Tuesday. Uh, this is a bonus show for anyone listening. This is a out of just what? This is a what show? Um, what show? Well, we just had we just had more stuff to talk about, you know. We're fresh off of the uh, NYC meetup, bunch of fresh, and we figured, well, why the heck not, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so we're gonna take a break, but before I'm gonna let you know what we're talking about. We're gonna talk about uh, Kodak Disc Film. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be talking about uh, large format photography. Talk about film processors. Oh, film processors. We're reading some listener letters. Listener letters. And we're going to have a couple darkroom questions. Darkroom questions, and we're going to talk about the NYC meetup. Of course. And we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming FPP events. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's going to be a full episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back. This is Michael Rosso from the Film Photography Podcast. 110 Film is back. That's right. We have a limited amount of 110 Fujifilm 200 ASA cold stored expired 2009. This has been batch tested. And as far as we can tell, this is the only current supply of 110 film in the world. We have a lot of film, but it's not bottomless. There's a limited supply in 2012, as we have declared, is the year of shooting 110 film. This is your opportunity to grab and shoot some 110 film. Just head on over to filmphotographystore.com and click 110 film. We also have a limited amount of 100 ASA Fujifilm cold stored as well. Filmphotographystore.com yeah. Hey, we're back. Uh, first, uh, Matt, before we get started, I want to sh- show you this picture. That uh, oh. it's, a, it's a Polaroid. It's a looks like a... Uh, Either a, a PX100 silver shade or a PX600. It's I think it's PX100. Oh, it's like sad face. Oh, oh. Uh, Scott Livingston from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, Scott. Scott, hey, Scott. Uh, this was in the studio. He sent it to us back in March, and it's a sad Polaroid of a dog. It's a sad American bulldog. It's like, there was no podcast in March. In the Polaroid, it says, no podcast in March, sad face. And the dog looks like... He lost all of his friends. <laughs> so thank you, Scott, for the Polaroid. This will be up on the FPP studio wall. By the way, Matt, um, I have a stack of images, uh, Polaroids, images, some of your darkroom shots. We're going to be painting the studio wall. Oh, great. Yeah, we're going to paint the studio wall. 
I thought long and hard about it, and we're going to paint it in off-white. Yes. So that we could bounce a light for the shows. Perfect. So John sits across from me usually, and um, John light, gets no light. Light's awful, right? Yeah. The awful. Light's good for me, but what not. What about the backlight? Yeah. It's awful. You can never shoot him. You have to put, like, a reflector in his face, and then he gets all antsy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then once I paint the wall fresh, I'll be able to also post some images very similar to, like, the Uncle Floyd show. You know, <laughs> listener, listener images behind us. That's cool. That's very cool. I mean, the, the, the space is already cool, guys. Like, Mike's got, I would say for every unique piece, like, for every unique fixture in FPP Studios, Mike has, like, an Instax Mini and an Instax Wide rendition of it right or next Polaroid. to it. Yeah, or or, or an impossible Polaroid. Yeah, right next to it. And it's really... It's super unique, and, and you described it as, like, people either, like, love it or they're like, what the hell is this? Like, next to the entrance door is a, a key punch for an alarm, a bunch of, like, a bunch of elect- electrical uh, tubes, yeah. the light switches. So I just shot that little piece of the wall, and I started posting, like, the picture right above it. <laughs> of the same thing. Yeah, and then, like, a week later, a month later, or a year later, I'll, I'll shoot another one, but, of course... Adding, adding, because then the previous shot is in the shot. Yeah. What do you call that? The whole mirror thing. It's like a shot of a shot of a shot of a shot. I say anything within an anything is that thing plus Inception. So like Polaroidception. Okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I forgot to mention we're gonna do a camera giveaway. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Jim Austin. Jimages. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that right now? You know, I got the Jimages Award last month. Yep. No. Jim uh, really liked an image of mine, and I was, I was uh, the proud owner of the Jimages Award. He placed a comment in my, in my, uh, fl- my stream on the image that I received the Jimages Award. And normally, it's kind of like, have you ever seen like, those Flickr groups where it's like, yeah. post one, comment three, star five, you know, just like... And Some like, sparkle. Yeah, they, they sparkle and they have gifts and stuff. And usually they're just so ridiculous and like pointless to me. I'll delete them. But like Jim's felt special because I love I like, love Jim's portraits and yeah. some of the work he does is spectacular. So I left his up, and then as soon and as Flickr, yeah, and then as soon as I left his up, there's like six more like sparkly awards. And I was like, oh, I got de- I got to deal with these, so I deleted those. If you're uh, listening to the show, oh by the way, this is the show about film. film. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to the show, uh, and you're not on, not on Flickr. I met a few guys on our in our uh, on our meetup that were not on Flickr. They didn't seem like they were ever going scared, to join. Man, like I think people think it's. I don't think people realize how cool it is. It's great for networking. It's community. It's really. It's a great place to be. Flickr. Flickr. dot com. Check it out. I have a box here that Jim Austin sent us. Jimages. Um. It says. It says Michael, Matt, Dan, Dwayne, Alex, Hunter. I wonder if this is like him telling us who he doesn't like. Like, there's no John. <laughs> there's no John here. Maybe he just doesn't like John. Well, John's not here. Oh, John's not here. We could just rip on him. <laughs> not only is John not here, he doesn't listen to the show. So we can just tear we could, him up. We could just tear him up. No one would even know. We still won't, though. No, we won't. No. <laughs> love John. Great shoe, guys. Keep him coming. No plastic bottles this round. <laughs> just a small FPP donation with all the best. For an awesome meetup on 519. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yes. Uh, Jim Austin would send a two-liter plastic bottle with, a, with appears to be no, no seam. Yes. 
and filled with film. And he not like he put that in a box and mail it. He would just mail that two liter. I'm surprised it made it, honestly. Really? Yeah. The post office is a little picky these days, a little fussy. A little antsy, yeah. Uh, but in this box on, on this show uh, is a Minolta XG9. It's a very cool-looking camera. Check yeah, it out. It's, a, it's a classic student camera. It's in beautiful shape. Beautiful SLR. Uh, we have a Minolta... Uh, 45 millimeter f2 lens great great a uh a focal from minolta cameras flash mm-hmm. uh in this packet we have a uh auto tele converter auto auto it's oh, so a two-time extender oh okay so you can make your 50 millimeter lens a 100 millimeter yes lens. it makes it a 100 yeah you lose a few stops, right? Uh, you just yeah, you don't. What the extender usually has a uh, oh, wait, there's a more. factor. Oh, oh, wait, there's more. Is that a bottle? No bottle. <laughs> oh, check oh. it out. Oh, macro lens. One thirty-five, three-five. Hey, that's great. Yeah, it's portrait funny. lens. Beautiful portrait lens. Or, awesome. Or a sports lens with the extender. Yes, there you go. And of course, this always really helps. Manuals, real manuals. Yeah, a packet with with real manuals. Uh, of course, there's the manuals online, the Mike Butkus site. Great site. Michael Butkus, B-U-T-K-U-S. If you just type in Butkus manuals, you'll come up with a site. Those are fantastic, but there's nothing better than having the real manual in your hand. Mike, did I tell you I have a cousin, a Mike Butkus? No. Two S's. Oh, Different okay. Different Butkus. He's not that cool. I asked him. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, hey, are you scanning manuals? He's like, what the hell are you talking about? On our site, you can go to uh, filmphotographyproject.com forward slash giveaways. Fill out all the information. Yep. Tell us your name, uh, your Flickr name, phonetical spelling. Tell us where you're at. You know, why you, why you want to win this. Yeah, this is a nice, solid 35-millimeter camera. I know John Fideli has the X700. Loves it. And people, you know, once they get their first camera... They become kind of devoted to it. Yes. Like, John's not giving up his Minolta. You never give up your first. No. You really don't. I, uh, well, yeah. I'm never giving up the yeah. Hasselblad. If you own 50 cameras, you may want to pass on this. Yes, but if you're someone that's uh, maybe not tried 35 or right. just not tried film at all, and you want a beautiful, uh, solid, this is a system, Mike. Yeah, I mean, a system. We've got a standard lens, we have a long lens, and we have the extender. So and a flash. Is, oh, and a flash. Oh, my gosh. So you're like you're one body away from being able to shoot weddings. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So are we gonna are we gonna toss in a roll of film too? So you just yes. get started. Nice. Yeah, toss in a roll of film, and hopefully I'll have some uh, Kodak left. Uh, Kodak, by the way, has donated film to all of our meetups this year, which has been awesome because yeah. we've just been able to cover you know everybody all the stuff they like to shoot. Yep. You know, it's like when people show up, they're like. They don't know what to do, like Portrait or Ectar. Like, what? Who? Yeah, or Triax. <laughs> or Triax, yeah. yeah. So we've been able to cover the full range, yeah. indoors, outdoors, uh, yeah, and, and the 35, 120, all that stuff. Coming June 9th is our uh, UK meetup, uh, headed up by Darren Pancho Riley. And Kodak is shipping from the UK, from a UK warehouse, right to Pancho. Oh, that's great. And Pancho's going to be putting our bags together he's gonna he's stuck with the goodie bags now yeah <laughs> uh this meetup which was this past saturday i put together lunch bags they like actually great. paper lunch bags fpp sticker on them inside was a little letter from me saying hey you know my email address so you can send me samples if you were at the meetup on saturday 
then please remember to shoot over your 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 images that you shot. Oh yeah. Because I want to put a blog together, and I also want to give the heads up to Kodak of what we did. Hey, here's with, what we're doing. Yeah. Here's what we did. Here's the cameras we were using. So I'm going to do a very detailed letter to Kodak. Give them some feedback and any feedback you have on the film that is most appreciated as well. Uh, forgot to mention before <laughs> before uh, Matt and I got in the studio, we stopped at Dunkin' D <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> and I have in my hands. A Men in Black 3 Black Cocoa Undercover Donut. Is that what it was called? That is a mouthful, Mike. Um, Any good? You are a former agent of a top secret organization that monitors extraterrestrials on Earth. We're the Men in Black. We have a situation and we need your help. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. You're Men in Black 3. You're going to forget what it is, all right? The title. <laughs> Matt, you would appreciate this, maybe. Because you go to uh, Comic-Con type shows. You, I do. Yeah. Yeah. The year was 19... I want to say 1996 or 1997. All right. And my, my history is in with the uh, cable television... Of course. ...and home video VHS DVD business, mm -hmm. uh, independent filmmaking. So back in the 90s, it was myself and Jeff Farrow um, and a few other guys. We were like a small little company. We would go to these monstrous shows... Yeah. And we would have a little 10 by 10 booth. Yeah, because they're trade shows for yeah, you guys. Yeah, the trade yeah. shows. And Men in Black was there. They took up half the floor. And it was a huge. whole spaceship, like like huge. huge. They overdo it. Like their their budget is like half a million dollars. Everybody else's budget's like 20 bucks. Our booth was like under theirs, but yeah. their booth was so high up, it, it felt like we were in a basement. And it, it engulfed the whole floor. Yeah. And the entire weekend, the Men in Black theme played on a loop. Over and over and over. It's not a bad theme to loop. And over. But you know why I'm cool now? Like, I don't have any bad memories because it's all these years later. Now Men in Black 3 is coming out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They, they waited a while, too. They waited a long time. And I'm probably going to go see that. Huh. No? No good? I'll wait on the Mike Rosso review. I saw Dark Shadows. You told I saw it on Facebook. Well, no one's going to be surprised when they see all my Lomo Kino, you know, Stuff, yeah, Aaron like Russ in the park yeah. dressed up as a vampire. <laughs> yeah. So, probably like so. You know, we we were talking about uh, IR on the meetup yesterday. I think that would be awesome. You need to have like in the works. Get like start scheduling models and the shoot times. Lomo Kino, dead girl. That dead girl. That that dead girl. Lomo Kino, Kodak HIE. Do it. For folks who don't know, IR IR is infrared film. It's a black and white film that sees uh, a little higher up on the spectrum. It sees between that uh, wavelength of 750 nanometers all the way up to 900, especially Kodak HIE. It's high-speed infrared, and it's just a really cool film that sees something the human eye can't see. You put a really heavy red filter on your lens, and you get some really cool effects. Humans look creepy on black and Perfect. white infrared. Right? Yeah. Perfect. And high-speed infrared is the only infrared that you could shoot on the Lomokino with a filter during the day and still get usable results. You should do it. Wow. And the color, I believe, is processed as E6. E6. Uh, it could be. I'm, I've the never, box said E6. I never had the chance to shoot with that stuff, but I've always loved the results I've seen. Wow. So, you should do it, Mike. I'm going... I, Done. All right. Consider sweet. it done. I can't wait to see it. For you, for those of you who don't know, see, see, see you know, you know, all you guys out there listening, listening who like the, like the diehards, diehards, 
you know, I know we all know this stuff, but but sometimes it's new listeners, so I have to like recap. So don't cringe when, like, you know, in the Impossible Project, and for those of you who don't know, the Impossible... I mean, yeah, of course, I gotta give it a little recap. Just imagine, like, elevator music in your head when we're we're recapping stuff. So, Lomo Kino, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Lomo Kino is a Lomo Kino baby. Uh, it's a 35 millimeter. Takes you know takes roll a roll of 35 millimeter film. It's a 35 millimeter, as they call it, a movie maker. And it shoots uh, 144 frames. 144 on frames. A roll of 36. Yep. And you just you crank it. Crank it. And that, make a movie. It. Yeah. You can. What's the average length, like usable realistic length you can get out of a roll of film on that? How many seconds? Yeah, like 12, something like that? Oh, no, no, it's like 40 seconds. Really? Yeah. Okay. So Depends yeah. how... So the editing is just really what cuts it down, because most Lomo Kino movies I've seen, less than 12 seconds. They're cranking fast, mm-hmm. and maybe they're... has to do with your ed- editing program, and someone on the FPP meetup in New York asked me... Oh, because we had that presentation. The presentation, yeah. Man, this is all working together. Well, great. It's all coming together. Yeah, bridging it. Bridging it, man. Bridging it. Bridge it. Bridget. <laughs> Technically speaking, I'm a film editor. I'm a motion picture film editor. I mean, like, a real one, like, on a big steam back cutting film. Yeah. But when it comes to technology and editing on, like, a, a Final Cut or Avid or iMovie. I don't know, Jack. So Somewhere Jim's still trashing Final Cut. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just talking to people. Anyone that would listen. R- right, yeah. Anyone that... Hey, on the walk, yeah. yeah. If he wasn't interviewing them, he was bitching about Final this Cut. This is James Jankowitz, uh, videographer, who came on the walk. and Put and together sh- a great video. He's gonna put, yeah, great video. But he's bummed at uh, Mac and uh, Final Cut. Final Cut 7. <laughs> <laughs> they, they I know nothing skipped, about it, but skipped, I hate it already. <laughs> they skipped version A. They skipped nine. They went right to Final Cut Ten, X, which they call like iMovie or something. Um, no, but it, it integrates with it. I think I, I know I nothing about. It's movie a big deal. If you, I'm sure if you listen, either either you know about it and you're getting your blood pressure's rising right now, or I'm just like oblivious, or you're oblivious like we are. Yeah. But <laughs> if you uh, want to know, send me an email and I'll just forward it to Jim, <laughs> to James podcast. At filmphotographyproject.com. So Lomo Kino, 35mm hand crank uh, movie maker. And I have been, I'm a Lomo Kino amigo for Lomography. I'm thrilled. They sent me, uh, oh, I thought it was Mr. Brown. No, I was just grabbing a Coke. They sent me uh, a camera. I've been testing it and I've been shooting these spooky kind of, you know, Lomo Kino Dracula. We're now working on Lomo Werewolf. Kino Werewolf, which will premiere at Lomography London on June 9th. Ooh. Yep. Hey, did you get your uh, Lomo Kino Amigo official uh, embroidered sombrero yet? No. When's it coming in? I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. This past meetup, this past Saturday, anything come to mind? You know, um, or was it just a blur? Well, no, I'm I'm just wiped. I'm still wiped. Yeah. Like I'm wearing shorts. I look like a bum today. It was a hot day, and it was it was it's it's today. all day just walking. <laughs> we're, no, when we were like slugging on the road trying to find a cab because we had no leg to show, um, we were talking about how this meetup, since it was a little bigger, it had like a looser feel to it. But I think because of that, it, which is a good thing, people did more not just meetup shooting. They did like there was a couple people doing real shooting. We probably should have in Washington Square said, "Hey, okay, let's meet shoot, back in an hour. Let's shoot it up here, and we'll meet back right here in forty-five minutes." That's what we should have did. That's 
that's yeah that's that makes a good sense, way to right? do it. it's a great way to do it because then we're not waiting for anyone nobody's like standing there awkward they'll just disperse and they can you know even if they don't want to stay in the park 45 minutes we're all adults you know yeah there was a gentleman with a grand piano right in the middle like of the park and some people were like oh like they but we wanted were, to shoot that but we weren't walking like in that direction it's like go go shoot even jim wanted to shoot him <laughs> oh really i was like go yeah you know, you know the route we'll yeah be- exactly so we know for next time, the next meetup. Yeah, but I think still people like the people that were really like looking to shoot something, they just went off and shot. It was sort of like the model was you and I, Matt and I went and shot in Ringwood State Park a few days ago. And like we weren't like up each other's asses. <laughs> no, we, we were like, like if, if we got like too far away, like Mike would be like, hey, Matt, I need that cable release. I need that filter. Yeah. <laughs> like you found something. You saw something. I just went off. Yeah. And I saw something different. Like, yeah, see you later. Yeah. But that's because I think that's because we understand each other's styles are different too, and we just like okay, yeah. see ya. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, we'll see how it works in London. It was, you know, what it's just different than last year. Yes, and, I, and the thing is, I because we had NYC Meetup 2011, and that was the first, the very first one. I almost expected it to be exactly the same, and it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Um, different people are there, different chemistry. Do you think because some of the people uh, showing up here? Have have uh, met up with us before too. That it was a little looser because of that. Because I would say there were a lot of new people. There was a lot of new people, but there was quite a few like seasoned FPP meetup folks, like Anton's been to you know. Yeah. Two of them now. Uh, it was Mike Sanchez's second time. Um, so there was a couple repeats. Washington Square Park's perfect to do that, and Chinatown. Chinatown was great. I think um, there was some folks squeezing in the street shots when they could. Oh, they were. Should have just stayed because yeah. you know I. I I think the more time that people feel like obligated and are, and are like awkwardly standing waiting for people, they can be doing something. So, mm. but it wasn't bad. Everybody had a great time. I heard no, ne- there was no negative complaints. Yeah, no. Yeah, we could have also done this, Matt. Like you could have to say, "I'm going this way." Mike Ross is going that way. Uh, Dan's going this way. Whoever wants to, or yeah. not. I feel that's that's what uh, Cleveland's going to be like at the end oh. of at the end of June. Okay, like Analog's Pulse because there's just going to be. It's going to be bing, bang, boom, photo walk, photo walk, photo walk, photo walk. And, you know, some people are just going to like, okay, you guys go. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay here and shoot. So Right. And I think um, when it comes to the street photography stuff, you know, I'll take the guys with the bulky stuff, <laughs> the bulky equipment, and the, the, like the, the rangefinder guys, the smaller camera guys right. will just do their thing. If you're not familiar with the city, very much like RoboCop, you have a set of directives. Directive one, stay with someone who knows the city. Because I do not want to get lost. Mm-hmm. This is New York City. Yes. See, I'm so familiar with New York. I mean, I know exactly where I am. Okay. If, See, if don't, you don't, it could be a little scary. Well, I'm, I'm like halfway. Because, like, I, I know the general direction we're going. But I don't, I don't know. Like, I never know, oh, I'm on this street. But I don't care. Like, I'm yeah. in the city. I'm just going to have a good time. Yep. Yep. And you can't, you can't walk like a tourist. <laughs> No, you cannot walk like anywhere, a tourist. Anywhere. Don't, like, you know, just stand there and look around. Yeah. Filmphotographyproject.com, if you go to the site, you're going to see information about upcoming meetups, and hopefully, maybe not by the time this airs, but soon you'll see recaps yes. of all the great images Folks people took. Folks are starting took. to post images already, so. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I can't describe, I mean, if you can get out to a meetup, I know you may be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you like this show. <laughs> what show? Uh you like a meetup. And the cool thing is, which I, you know, and it always happens. 
Like I'll just you know sometimes during the meetup when you're like half exhausted, you'll just be walking down the street, and like all of a sudden you notice someone next to you, and they'll just start talking to me, and it's like you kind of get in the zone for a few minutes, like because they they're like you know listen to the show and they start asking me questions. Okay. Number one question. Number one. So uh, yeah, so uh, Mike, you know when you're not doing FPP, like. What do you really do? <laughs> FPP. <laughs> because certainly that's a big question, and especially for folks who want to be uh, full-time photography. And I was, spoken, I was speaking to, and, you know, some people we just call by their Flickr name. We were speaking to Scenes of New York. Yes. Do you know his, his real name? Is he on the list? Uh, I don't think he's on the list. You are Scenes of New York. Scenes of New York. <laughs> great guy. Very great. A professional photographer, also has a professional career. He has great scenes of New York. Yeah, great scenes of New York. And you can't mistake them because they're all watermarked. I couldn't believe that. The mask thing. Jeff Mitchell. Are you sure? I'm looking at his page. Jeff Mitchell's scenes of New York? Jeff Mitchell's scenes of New York. He's not the 5x7 shooter. Yeah, I'm trying to find the 5x7 shooter's name. We've got to cut this out. We've got to cut this out. (laughs) See, what happened was... Uh, last year, I took headshots of everybody with an Instax Mini. You need you forgot it. <laughs> I forgot it, and I took everyone's headshot and wrote their name on it. Because during the day, you just forget everybody's name. I was excellent at remembering past folks' name. Great. You know, all the regulars. Like I knew Cliff, New Jersey. Oh, Cliff, yeah. His yeah. wife, yeah. Whitney. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, Anton is a regular. Yes. He's always the most dapper. Yes, always the most dapper. So if you're in the UK, if you're in Scotland, Scotland. I mean, even if you're in Germany, I mean, how long is a trip is it, is it to the UK? Um, Germany's a pretty hefty trip. Oh. I mean, it's like a, I would say five six hour train ride, isn't it? Come on down, June 9th, We're going to be there. It's going to be great. It's worth it. Hey, Brandon Nedwick took a five hour train ride north from DC. Yes. You, so you can do it too. What, do you remember what does Brandon shoot? Brandon does uh, well. I'm looking at his shots that he has just now posted no. from yesterday's meetup. Yeah. He's got you with the Lomo Kino, some Danes, some Mark, some look Anton. Cool film. It's a, it's cool film. Cool film. Uh, Mark. Whoa, look at that. And then the. Mark looks like, uh, like, a, like someone from. It looks like it's 1966, Mark. Yes, it is. Look at that. His, the camera looks unusually small on his hands, doesn't it? It does. Well, he's a tall guy. Yeah. So, but no, Brand, Brandon was shooting uh, Spectra yesterday. Okay. Spectra. Yeah. So this was the brand new. Spe- Whoa! Spe- that's spectacular. Spectra tacular. No. <laughs> oh, here's the here's the flap. Here. Yeah. So it's a Spectra cool film. Brand new I stuff. I remember that, like passing the Empire State. Maybe he did it on his own. Um, he did go off. He had a couple hours okay. to roam around. That's awesome. He did great stuff. That's all for now. Um, well, this, like, these were uploaded 10 minutes ago. Oh, okay. That's a great shot. Yeah. And that one was one he was, like, wasn't sure if it was going to come out because he didn't shield it that well. But, like, that's a not shielded shot. You see, Scenes of New York is smart dude. These, he's shooting classic, he's shooting classic stock photography shots, like, of a phone booth. Yes. Because phone booths, as you know, are disappearing. Very much so. It's hard to find them. I thought they were still around. No. Wow. That's a stock shot. That's a Getty Images shot. Well, Getty has a group on Flickr. And the you know Scenes that. of New York. We, do, we, do we know his name yet? Yeah, Jeff Mitchell is Scenes oh, of New Jeff. York. Oh, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> um, people are ripping him because they're classic. He shoots classic stock shots that are gorgeous. Someone, you know, my thing is someone has to do it. 
Oh, absolutely. Someone has to do it. So, And in one of those uh, images we just saw, Brendan took them? Um, yes, Brendan. Uh, Brandon. Brandon. Ned- Nedwick. Brandon. Ned- Are you sure it's not Brandon? It's What's Brandon. It it's, it's Brandon. Okay. Brandon and Nedwick. Okay. Yeah. And, but we had a Brandon. Well, Michael Sanchez was in the background of that shot. Yes. Mike- Michael showed up. I always love talking to Michael. Yeah. He always has like... The most sought-after cult version of that th- of a thirty-five or one-twenty camera. Yep. <laughs> In shiny platinum or titanium, whatever they're made of, and yep. uh, great street stuff. Yep. So black and white shooter. So uh, Nick Raypack showed up. You know, Nick. Nick he was- needs to run our defunct segment. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> he made it work. Uh, Nick is um, passionate about uh, taking. Like a Polaroid camera, I always get emails about like, "Hey man, can I get film for my Polaroid 80?" Or Nick Raypack can. <laughs> or the Polaroid there's like Highlander. All yes. those uh, roll old, film old cameras, models, 50s, yeah. early 60s, 1960. Uh, that was actually in uh, an episode of Mad Men too. Oh yeah, one of the first episodes. Oh. So, Nick, also he was driving, trying to drive. Was it? I don't want to say 620 film. Was it 116 film? It might have been 116. And he was locating like factories where you can get like uh, backing paper. Mm-hmm. And he hit a wall because the factories like... I may have some of the facts here wrong, Nick, So, but it, you, you get the picture. <laughs> the factories like, yeah, we can make the backing paper. You need to buy four tons. Whoa. Factories don't F around. It was no. the same thing with 620 reels. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can make the 620 reels. You but need 10,000 of them. Yeah. yeah. But that's because they they need to make money, and they're of not going to make they're not going to run. Well, it's the same with the large format Kodak, you know. Yeah. The, if you don't make the or, minimum order, you're not you're not getting it. If yeah. you go if you go on B and H, this is really funny. I, I was looking for ultra large format, see if anybody stocked it. B and H is like, oh yeah, we've got eleven by fourteen Portra. You just got to order sixty boxes. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Well, if you were an FPP and had a store, that's actually an opportunity. Yeah. You know, uh, FPP has not explored the idea of offering any four by, you know, any odd size film, even four by five film, which might be of interest to folks in Australia because our shipping is low. They'd kill for it because out there they get it last. And not like to be mean or anything, but just like stuff just makes its way. So like if there's a release, they might not see it uh, six to nine months. Yeah. And if we have it, and we have it at a price point that's probably lower than it is international, sold. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, also, of course, which is going to be announced on our June 1st show coming up, is the the amazing 110 comeback. Yeah. Orca 110 black and white film from Lomography. Limited run of 5,000 pieces, which is not much. Especially in a, a format that's so easily it's, consumed. It's not It's not much. FPP in our store, we still have it right now. Uh, we have uh, the last batch, 2009 Fujifilm. The Color 200? Color 200 and the superb, the superb Super Geo. Oh. Super G100 ASA. Okay. Which one did you have shots of Joe with? Was that the 100 or 200? I think that was that was Kodak 400. Oh, it was Kodak. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Kodak. That came, that was a good roll. That was a very good roll. That's why I was asking. Those are good shots, and I shot that in the micro Holga. Really? They came out superb. You had the micro Holga on the New York yeah. meetup, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
The Super G 100 ASA I bought from Japan Exposures. Oh, okay. You know, they're in Japan. Yes. I bought it in 2009. Mm-hmm. A big box. I bought like 100 rolls. And from Japan, I, I, as I say, from Japan to my freezer. <laughs> so that stuff is, there's nothing questionable about that stuff. Great. That's also available on FPP store, filmphotographystore.com. So we started our day in New York at Lomography, where uh, Stephanie, the store manager, uh, they were great there. Very welcoming. I liked the presentation. Even though the computer was giving us issues, yeah. the uh, the presentation was good. Lomo Kino presentation. And I think there was like really there was a really good uh, flow of Q and A and genuine interest in the camera. I th- at first it was kind of like you could see some of the the guys that were clearly not Lomo shooters. They're kind of leaning back in their chair, like ah yeah, right, Lomography. But then they saw your films. That was I think the best part because they yes. they showed all your films. Yes, and then like people were kind of like oh this is neat. Like they kind of saw the not the need but the uses the practical uses of it. Yeah, and they were in. Yeah. And that's when the questions started coming and the, you know, oh, can I do this? Or can you guys do this with it? And yeah. Real interest. Yeah. So we had a Lomo Kino presentation. We showed a few of my uh, flicks, all 20 seconds of them. <laughs> it's a great, if you're in the New York area, if you're making a trip to New York, of course, impossible project, of course. But Lomography, they have two stores, one in Gramercy. Gramercy? Gramercy? I call it the uh, Union Square store because it's closer to Union Square. The other one's on 8th Street between 5th and 6th Ave. It's great store. There's an upstairs, like a loungy area. Great place to hang out. They have parties there. They close like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Everything's really loose, and the you can check out a camera. You can check out a camera. I go, did. Go and shoot. Bring it back to the Lomo Lab. I think the lab, the lab is in the other store. Lab's in the other store, but uh, give it to them. They run it down the street. Yeah, they will. They'll run it down... And I think they said uh, five day turnaround, and th- that's even for Lomokino. They did you hear that they'll, they'll scan them up? Yeah, that's for it's important I told news. You they needed that. Yeah, they, yeah, they scan each frame for you. They'll scan each frame, and it's it's reasonable. Like what, like eighteen? I'm bucks? gonna do a test roll, but you see, I'm a fussy shooter. And when you I, have your way. When I cut and paste, people ask, well, "How do you?" I scan the strip in my uh, Epson V700. I cut out each frame of Lomokino negative. And then I put it into a template I created. And then when I drag another frame in, I line it up. Okay. Exact. So that there's not as much movement. Uh, so, so everyone was hanging at Lomography. I could, I could have stayed there all day. It was air-conditioned. It was great. The, uh, uh, one of the other young ladies that worked there, she was really into like, uh, like 8x10. Is that right? So we were out, after we took the group shot, we were like playing around and stuff like that. She's she, probably dying because she had to stay behind the register. She was. She, she was, could have came out and saw the whole eight by ten setup. Well, no, she did. She like sprinted out for like thirty seconds. She's like, I really got to be back in the store. And oh, she like, did. Yeah, but she, I, I th- she probably got in trouble. I feel bad. But she, she was, wanted to see that real bad. I let her look under the dark cloth, and she was just like, oh, the whole time. You know, I wish we had more time. I bet you if we went back another day and did the large format setup in the store. Oh, we can make a day of it. Yeah, we can make a day of it because anyone coming in is going to ask about it because it's f- so foreign. Well, I think. That's what um, that's what Keith Cannon was talking about at uh, PDN. He's like, "Why don't I ever shoot with these things?" Like it never occurred to him. He just stands there with the camera. But like taking a shot is so much more interactive and en- like engaging to to people like onlookers that have no idea. Right? They love it. 
and it gets them it gets them asking questions and that's what they want i mean you can't just stand there with the camera and be like eh, all right here's yep. a camera like that's not how you pull people you pull people in by saying here try this yep and of course there's a little fear cuz it's a it's a big camera and he's selling the cameras um he's not Keith, uh, no Keith. Uh, yeah he is oh my god he's this he has the okay easily the number one number one number, number one, one. Best, like if you, if money is no object. The other camera company, Shen Hao. Shen Hao on the other side of the floor, they didn't, they weren't shooting either. No one was actually shooting. No, so I think you know what? Because it's a trade show, and they're so. But but think about all of the dig, the dig guys. Oh, they all have setups to shoot. Here, take it. We a know you're going to buy it. Dressed, uh, a dress, nothing but colored paint. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but I mean, don't even need that. But just. Have that same openness, friendliness. Like here, shoot it. We know you're gonna buy it. Yeah. Because once you have that, you have you have people buying the product. Yeah. So for PDN in October, are we going to pitch that we Keith brings a camera, a working camera with a lens, so we could actually shoot some film? Uh, well, he had a lens in it last time. He just didn't bring holders. So I think this time he next time he is going to legitimately bring a holder and shoot some shots. You think so? I, I hope so. Okay. He's the guy ordering all this custom film. I bet he's got some. <laughs> right, right. Wow. And there's really, I mean, think of it. In the grand scheme of the, yeah. the prices of some of these large format cameras, what's yeah. what's a, a couple hundred bucks? Yeah. So we left Lomography, then we started the walk to Impossible Project Space, like through Washington Square Park, and then we stopped at what I call a, a corner-side shack. It's not a restaurant. It was just like a, a food stand. Yeah, it was like a it was a nifty little food. I was stand. so exhausted <laughs> that I was so thrilled just to stand there. I didn't even eat. Yeah, neither did I. I was just like I, I got oh, lemonade. Shit. I begged Dane to get me a leg of lemonade. I'm like Dane because he was on. All of a sudden, this huge line formed, I, and I didn't want to deal with it. I no. just stood in the shade. So I brought a uh, a um, you know a nutrition bar from A1 Nutrition. Yeah, good place. Yeah, yeah. It's Kevin Neblunk's Pink Delicate. Hey, man, are those pink delicates? Is that what they do? No. A1 Nutrition. Kevin and his wife, June. Oh, that's his store. It's his store. I thought you said like his store. Like, oh, like he goes here all the time. No, it's literally his store. No, that's his store. Wow. Yeah, okay. him and his wife. Great. Yeah. He's Ke- a healthy guy. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, healthy guy. Uh, so I had my health bar. I ate that, and <laughs> Dane was online. I flagged him down. I'm like, dude, dude, some liquid. Because uh, <laughs> Jim, the video guy, would not let me drink out of his water jug. We Germaphobe. We could have been on a desert island, and no, I would have just died. No from, water for yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, no water for you, Mike. His, what he said was, why didn't you bring some? <laughs> so we stopped there, took a breath. Then we walked to China, through Chinatown, went to, what was the place called? Can, Can Cam. Can Cam. Yeah. And K-N-K-A-M. Can Cam, because we're all looking for Mr. Brown. And uh, Robbie found some. Yes. Yes, Rabia from the UK, who was on our UK walk last year, was visiting the US. So Rabia from the UK was on the US photo walk. How about that? Pretty great. Uh, did you chat with Rabia at all? I did. You about cameras and stuff. Um, Polaroid four twenty shooter. She's a four twenty shooter. Um, there I, were two four twenty shooters. Yes, there. the, there's a younger kid. He yeah. was shooting four twenty. Eighteen. Real young. I was. He didn't. I don't think of anyone being eighteen. <laughs> okay, so here's here's what was crazy. Uh, at the Lomography store, I came up to him, and I was kind of like... You know, is everything okay? Like, getting along, huh? We don't remember everyone's name, by I the know, way. I we just like, don't. I feel so bad. 
because he was like kind of he was not like down but just kind of like on his own and i was like is everything okay he said well it's just kind of weird and i was like oh well, why is that he's like well everybody here is so old and i went oh like oh. my heart Oh, but maybe he's talking to you about everyone else. No, I'm pretty sure I was included in that. Matt's in like, his mid twenties, by the way. Twenty six, and I'm, I might as well be dead. But <laughs> if you're under twenty, <laughs> anything late Ancient. upper, yeah. yeah. If you're thirty, you might as well be in Logan's Run in yes. Carousel. <laughs> For anyone that gets that reference, you must be over thirty. Yeah, I mean, I don't think over thirty exists. Not in their eyes. Yeah, but he was, sh- he was shooting up that four twenty. Something fierce. Black and white Fujifilm. Running through it. Um, Robbie, we were talking about like the... Well, we're going to be talking about this stuff on later shows, but me and Robbie were talking about um, art galleries and kind of like... Because she's a, she's a hobby shooter. Okay. No um, aspiration of like gallery shows or professional wedding stuff. Just having fun. Very Lomo kind of shooter. But that's great. And I was just talking about I was like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really like encourage people that don't want to do it to try and do it professionally or or semi professionally or whatever you want to call it fine yeah. art you know it's it's a rough gig and the way I describe it apparently even sounds rougher to some people like wow that's a lot more work than I would have thought yeah you know? so we were talking about that and you know, like Dan as soon as I said art sales Dan was like what who gallery show Dan Domi yeah because he wants he wants in bad and he was telling me there's like three new galleries right around him so Dan should be having a show here pretty soon what show so I was giving them like the the salesman pitch because you know I'm salesman you are salesman I am a salesman by day yeah you wouldn't know it if you google me but that's because I work at it yeah (laughs) Uh, would you say that gallery shows are half salesmanship showmanship Um, and half work I honestly it's a lot of sales. It's a lot more sales than it is the quality of the work. Like everyone's like, "Oh, my images aren't good enough." BS. I mean, you need to have a pitch too, right? Like a pitch. If you, if you don't have a pitch, or if you can't pitch, and you just like you're kind of like scared holding your portfolio, like here, look at these. Done. Yeah. It doesn't matter what is inside. It doesn't matter if you have like Ansel Adams imagery. If you have no confidence and you have no pitch, you have no way to you know communicate. That your work is awesome to them, not interested. So it's a confidence thing. It's a sales thing. You know, because I don't like my... I'm sick of my images. I'm like, yeah. ah, these. Yeah, yeah. But if you have a good pitch behind it, you're good. So, 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 yeah, so, so yeah, we, me and Robbie had a good chat. And she had uh, warm Mr. Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she kind of had like a weird look on her face when she first knocked it back. And then Mike's like, yeah, we got this other iced coffee because Mr. Brown was, it was warm. It like Nico or Nico. It was like a N-I-K-K-O with a weird 1950s... White guy head on it. <laughs> it was great. Oh, good. It was ice cold. Well, that was the funny thing. When I asked Robbie, she was like, oh, no, it wasn't too bad. She's like, I don't always like ice cold because everything in America is ice cold. Y- yes. Everything what? in America is ice cold. No doubt about it. Coca-Cola, ice cold. Ice, and Nana used to say, of course. Cherry Coke Zero, ice cold. Do not drink anything ice cold. It's the worst thing for you. Well, for your stomach. It knots it up. Oh, well, so what? Uh, Cramps. It, Americans all have knotted stomachs. <laughs> we're, we are in awful shape, Mike. Uh, 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 Robbie also said that Ameri- it's like New York. Everything's so spacious. Yes. Well, I was but, telling you that when I was talking about uh, Japan. Yeah. When you come back from any... No, one, no, one, no wonder everyone hates us. When uh, Americans. Oh we waste everything. There's nothing that, we, just, that just, we don't waste. Yep. They haven't even seen our landfills yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
but no. Uh, Lomography space is larger than the, the UK Lomography space. I bet. And then the Tokyo Lomography space, you could fit 20 of them in the New York space. Yeah, New York space is nice. <laughs> and that's in New York City where everything's tight. Yeah, this is, that's the tightest you'll see it. And if that looks spacious to you, well, that's... Yeah. That's why folks who come from UK or Europe uh, to drive across the Midwest, it must be mind-blowing. Oh, the spa- yeah. Like, to go up to like Mount Montana, I, like to Utah, any of the, uh, down to Arizona, like... Uh, oh, desert, yeah. You know, just... It's a trip for them. And America has, you got your desert, you have your... You've got everything. Forests. I mean, geez, you're right in Ohio, and we, we went to Ringwood State Park, and you were blown away. Because yes. you don't have that in Ohio. Well, we're flat in, in my part of Ohio, and we're actually below sea level, so... We're, I basically live in a, a swamp that they turned into farmland over a hundred years of like dumping on it. Yeah. <laughs> so then we made our. So we had two, uh, two well, three, four, tw- four, four twenty shooters. Yeah. Uh, I'm a 420 shooter. Matt's a 420 shooter. I d- unfortunately did not have room for the 420. I yeah. only brought the 810 and the SX70. So. 420, Polaroid 420. You know, there's a lot of guys, guys like Mark Dalzell, like he's a two, 250 guy, glass lens, metal bobby that you can glass, murder someone has with. It yep. has to be. And like you know what? Why is the 420 FPP's number one camera? I don't wow, know. Wow, it's number one. Yeah, it's the most favorite camera. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it has a look. The plastic lens is a look. Well, we talked about this at a Lomography store. Yeah. It's a it's a softness that you have to. Well, you don't have to, but to, I think to get the best look out of a plastic lens, plastic lens, anything or uncoated lens. Yeah. High contrast. Yep. A lot of light, like backlight, front light. There's a lot of contrast. And really close because that's yes. how you get the best, like the best background, oh the swirly background. You, can you describe the? Would you call it the Polaroid automatic land camera shuffle? Yeah, well, I just shuffle focus. I don't. Um, you don't move the. No, it's all the way focused in, so it's like the closest focus possible, which is like three and a half, four feet. Yep, three and feet. I, yeah, and I do the I do the four twenty shuffle. Wow, and that's how I focus it. And I I believe the young gentleman. Shooting the black and white was doing some portraits that way, and he really seemed to like them. Wow, yeah, that's that's how you. Sh- I think that's how you shoot it. I've yeah. actually never shot like three thousand through the four twenty. Oh, you haven't. I've only shot sepia and one hundred, and like the one hundred B and one hundred C and blue. Okay, so Polaroid sepia fifteen hundred ASA. I'm guessing because Robbie and I were talking about this. Light and dark and all the way to dark? Um, if, you're set, if you're shooting it at 3,000, yes. Oh, on 3,000, all the way to dark. Oh, wait, no, all the way to, no, not all the way to dark. Um, Uh-oh. On 3,000. You, sh- you, you wrote the blog. Yeah, I wrote the blog, <laughs> and I'm not reading the blog right now, okay. so I'm screwed. Um, uh, if you're shooting at 3,000, shoot it all the way to lighten. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Because 3,000 is underexposed for 1,500 speed, so you would... Expose it more. If you're uh, if you're indoors, mm-hmm. shoot on 100 all the way to darken. Okay, there two you ways go. to do it: with a flash indoors or not without a flash. Uh, with a flash indoors, do it the way you would do it with 3,000. Okay, 3,000 all the way to light. Right. So then we left a can, a can can cam, an Asian grocery store. I thought it was a used camera store. I was getting all excited, yeah. and then you're like, "Let's get Mr. Brown." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then we walked to the Impossible Project Space NYC. And they had just, uh, they look completely different. Yeah, it was different. It looks great. And they, they put some more artwork up. And they had like the, you know, in the, the bathroom, 
They had like those the employee. Yeah. I love looking at their employee shots. Oh, you do? Yeah. They're oh, great. on the door. On the door because like I follow most of them. Yeah. Individually on Flickr. Yeah. Like I follow Kisha and Patrick and Annie. Yep. And uh, Frank. I'm thinking of switching from this Dunkin' Donuts to the highly caffeinated. Uh, the double shot? Double shot. Oh. oh, the double shot. You have double shots in there, man. You want some double shots? I don't know. I'll grab you one. No, Patrick Tobin. Oh. Ten minutes now, how, how on Flickr. Now, how am I going to, how are you going to get all these information to me? Remember, I'm missing some people that I should. I'm just going to email you the Flickr names. Oh, that'd be cool. Because he, uh, like, honestly, his portraits, like, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I'm sold on this film. Right. <laughs> because he does a fantastic, look at this, this is an ego film. Look at the colors on this. Beautiful, oh, right? Oh, that's great. If you go on the Facebook page. Great. Uh, on their, on Impossible's Facebook page, like, 90% of the shots that they have like on like the cover page or profile shots that Patrick took them. I need so, to follow Patrick. Very very talented. All all of his portraits, even like his cat pictures like oh. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. I didn't catch the name of the Oh, Josie was running the day. Josie and then uh, I don't know who the other young lady was. Yeah. Um I I always ask where where Kisha is cuz like I always talk to her cuz she's well, neat. She, well she, Dan Domi who organized the day set set it up with Kisha. Yeah, she's great. She's yeah. eight ten shooter, so a what ten shooter? Eight ten, eight by ten. Oh, for real? Yeah, she does eight by ten on the expired Polaroid that costs you know way too much. Okay, but that that's how we got the that's how like we broke the ice because like she was there and kind of like just wondering what I was doing wandering around the shop and she's like, can I help you? And then like, <laughs> yeah, um, I just started saying, well, yeah, I heard you guys like might be doing large format. And she's like, oh yeah, what do you shoot? And I told her, and she was like. So okay, large format. There's like a, not a, it's not a club, but you know, like someone as soon as they, kind of like when I was talking about to people about alternative process. Yeah. When you find someone that knows what you're talking about, you oh my you god, yeah, 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 absolutely. So what? Uh, so we were there, uh, and of course on the day from uh, from FPP, myself, Matt, John Fideli. Now remember last year, uh, we were not as, we were not as lucky to have John Fideli. No, uh, like and John, people, people ask where John is as soon as he's not yeah, there. Yeah, John has really enveloped himself into these walks, these meetups. And that's quite a commitment for him. And now we have FPP regular uh, Dane. Yes. And FPP regular uh, Mark. Mark. Yeah. Uh, Dane is McDaner, MacGyver. He's the MacGyver of cameras. <laughs> yes. And uh, Mark is, uh, I call him Professor Mark, because he'll just like take your camera. Put a hot shoe on it. <laughs> just put a hot shoe on it. Like It'll just happen magically. He'll just like disappear behind a curtain and then come back with a hot shoe. <laughs> he put a hot shoe on a Polaroid Color Pack 2 camera. I saw it. It looks great. Yeah, it looks great. Looks great. Uh, so, John, Mark, John, Mark, Dane, and Kevin Neblong are part of the Smooth Sailors. Alan. Oh, yes. Alan uh, took out his uh, Canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hadn't shot it in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, and they brought some gadgets with them, and they did a, a, like an electro acoustic set right in Impossible. That was uh, that was traveling light for them too, because I've, yeah. I've been to you know a smooth rehearsal, and that was definitely like the light version. Yeah, it was very trippy, wasn't it? It was very trippy. I think I don't think Impossible was expecting it at first. 
like what the sound was going to be they like. They thought it was going to be traditional. I think they thought it was going to be like all acoustic and just like these old guys rocking out like they're <laughs> like they like they're reliving their college years. There's right. no shirts on in the quad just playing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was very different. Do you see that doorway right there? You think I should do that up with all the FPP Polaroids from when we shoot? You know, unless you um I mean th- this door the sun's blocked during like oh, when no great. one's here it's blocked. Great. Cuz that was the first question is like that's a lot of sun hitting that mic. <laughs> Even though it's not hitting it direct. It's yeah. a, that's a lot of sun. It's still a lot. Well, I mean, look, it's six feet from the window. It doesn't matter how indirect it is. It's a lot. I mean, yeah. that door gets hot. Yeah. We don't know it, but it... Well, the back of this gets hot. Real hot, yeah. Yeah. So I would say, you know, do you always keep the green screen up? Like, do you use it that much? Yeah. Do you? Okay. Oh, because there's a wall behind it. It's a big wall. Huge. We never use that stupid green screen. <laughs> I was like, well, the only time we used it was when we like bounced, put a lot, we put too much light into it anyway. Just bring up the wall. Yeah, the wall over there. You see where the big mole Richardson light is? Yes. I'm painting that wall red. Really? Because I love portraits with a red wall. It's a different look, isn't it? It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Some some people are really into it. I'm I'm fifty fifty. Like it has to be the right, the right model kind of thing. Yeah. In there, like uh, I don't like. Dark hair on a red background. You don't? Light hair uh, on a red background. If you have enough backlight. Oh, well, you, of course. Yeah. But if you don't, if you're trying to do like the one light thing, yeah. you, need, you need a little more yeah. light separating it. So, so that was our day, and it went great. Uh, for those of you who are attending UK on the 9th, you know who you are. If you're not, go to the site, check it out. And Matt, tell us. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about Analog Pulse. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we should try to get all the meetups out of the way. Oh, good, good. Analog Pulse. When we come back, and let's run that that spot. Okay, yeah, we'll here, do that. Here's well, a quick spot. Well, you want to set it up? Yeah, I'll set it up. Set it up. Okay. So Analog's Pulse, the end of June. Yep. Cleveland, Ohio. Yep. Cleveland's coming back. Okay. It's, it's a great place to. Uh, all the young hip kids are moving in there. Yep. The the twenty to the twenty to forty age. Some really uh, really big resurgence of film in the area. A lot of film shooters in town, out of town, coming in, doing some photo walks. We're doing some contests, and uh, here is the man himself, Scott My Vogel, uh, talking to me about Analog's Pulse. So here it is. Great. I'm at Aperture, a photography variety store in Cleveland, Ohio, with uh, with owner Scott Myvogel. And Scott's got some really exciting news for us in the coming weeks. Scott, what's going on? Um, well, some of you may know about this. June 29th and 30th, we are hosting a big, gigantic uh, meetup here. It's called Analog's Pulse. On Friday night, the 29th, we're going to get together here at Aperture. We're going to socialize, have some drinks, geek out about photography, uh, go over the itinerary for the next day. And then Saturday, bright and early, we're all going to meet downtown and go out for four themed photo walks throughout the day. They're all sponsored. They all have prizes. Wait, four photo walks in one day? Yes, we are going to fit four in one day. We wow. Have, we have three group leaders that are going to break up um, the mob that we're going to have. <laughs> So we don't look so intimidating walking down the street. Um, we're going to hit up four different historic neighborhoods in Cleveland. Each one is going to have a theme to it. Each one is sponsored. Um, Film Photography Podcast is a sponsor. A&A Studios is a sponsor. Aperture is a sponsor. And The Impossible Project is a sponsor. So we're going to have some outstanding prizes for you guys. We're going to judge later on that night. So it is going to be a great time. On our website, on our blog, we have hotel information, restaurant information, 
all the sponsors, all the prizes, just ridiculous amount of information on our blog. All right, and for the listeners, the blog is? It is apertureTremont.wordpress.com. You can get it from our website, which is apertureTremont.com. But the blog again, apertureTremont.wordpress.com. And I think it's like the fourth or fifth story down. So just scroll down a little bit. You'll see it. Okay, that sounds great, Scott. You can also find that information on the Film Photography Project website by going to filmphotographyproject.com or filmphotographypodcast.com. That'll send you the same place. There's something for everybody here, Scott. There's We have slide film, cross-processing, instant photo walk contest, and that's is that going to be uh, like peel-apart film or impossible film or uh, both? It's going to be both. We're going to have a lot of the uh, pack film land cameras here. Um, you guys are, are supplying quite a bit of that. We're going to have the nice Fuji film here. Impossible Project is sending out a prize. I will have Impossible Film here. So if you have an instant camera, bring it. We'll have a few to lend out, but if you have one, bring it, and we will surely have film for whatever it is that you bring. That's great. And then even after that, we have a street photography walk with a local Cleveland street photographer uh, hosting that. And, wow, it just seems like this is the full, like, if you haven't been to Cleveland or haven't seen the new Cleveland, come and check this out. Well, great. Thanks a lot for this, Scott, and I look forward to seeing you at the end of June. Oh, no worries. I'm looking forward to meeting everybody. I mean, we have um, people coming from New Hampshire. Uh, 120 Processing, Old School Photo Lab is sponsoring it as well, so they're going to be here. People from up Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, they're coming from everywhere. So thank you guys for covering this, and uh, I'm excited. Cool. Look forward to seeing you there. So how about that, Mike? Hey, because I know Leslie's going to be there. Yes. And she's going to be the SX70-600 go-to yeah, person. she'll be the, the Polaroid guru for, for that. Yeah, I'm Mr. Pack Camera. We're going to have some pack cameras on hand. Yes, and a giveaway. I'm going to see, yeah, see if Scott wants to do a giveaway of a pack camera. You said Leslie is donating a Leslie camera? Leslie has donated a, I believe it's in, um, a white SX70. Okay. This is Leslie from Imagine That. The, the one and only. Okay. And she's like SX70 mad lately. Yeah. So she's going to probably bring some manipulations. If there's some people that are interested, she's probably going to show, you know, do a manipulation yes. on the walk. Um, I don't know if there's going to be too much time for, like, workshops or anything like that. But if you want to, you know, during the walk, I think what we'll be doing is Scott is going to have us kind of giving expert advice while people are walking. So, like, they can, like, Q&A and observe right. while we're walking and just kind of – because it's going to be very um, – I wouldn't say high pace or high gear, but – Everyone's going to keep moving. Yeah. Really keep it flowing. And I'm looking forward to meeting someone from uh, Old School Photo Lab. Yeah, Jake. Oh, that's Jake? Yeah, it's Jake Bouchard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got some folks, I think, as far out as uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Okay. Coming down. Uh, some of the photo stock folks that I'm good friends with, they're coming down. Gallows Andy Jenkins? Coming. I think Andy's coming. Right now, oh my gosh. Right now, um, we're still you know, almost a month out. We've got, uh, we've got 57 confirmed. John Meadows. right? Where? On the, fa- the Facebook? There's a Facebook group for Analog's Pulse. Okay. Yeah. And that's great because there's maps on there, links to all the blogs, our blog, Scott's blog. Um, let's see. Uh, my buddy Jeff Smith from Cleveland's coming. Sean Galbraith from Toronto. Okay. He's coming. Large format shooter. Yep. Um, let's see. Yeah, Jake Bouchard from New Hampshire, so he's coming. We don't have a large format little section carved out, do we? Like a, a, a like a little day where like a few hours where we can go. Um, not really, but you know, we'll get some stuff done during the during the walks, probably during the street walk section of it. But there's some great you know great places to shoot right around Cleveland. You know, if you have an extra day, we'll go down to the Cuyahoga Valley Metro Park. Yep, where we do the Northeast Ohio meetups. I might be able to give John a call, and uh, we'll get we'll get a quick tour. You know, yep. but I know you're not too like naturey. Well, I don't like to walk in like any, anything that's green. 
Okay. Well, the ticks aren't <laughs> barely any ticks. Like it's not new. Like, I'm an urban guy. Urban. Like, give me some black. You know, at some asphalt. Okay. Like, had, I'm glad you had a number. Like the Ringwood State Park, that was a little bit of a stretch. That was a stretch. Wow. Okay, so I can't take you to the Metro Park. Yeah. No. I. You know. You. It's like Matt. You weren't aware. Like you pick up ticks. Yeah. I know. I. Have oh, a I, sh- I completely forgot. Cause, oh crap! I'm in New England. Yeah. I had. Um, I have a shot on my photo stream. It's, it was like a farm silo. It was in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I was with a friend of mine. And she pulled over, and I got out, and I was like, "Let me! I want to grab a shot." I went down into like a ravine type. I I went down a hill. Grass was as high as my uh, up to my um, almost my knees. I went there, grabbed the shot. I came up back to the road. Ticks were like crawling up my. They were crawling up my shoes onto my socks. Oh man! I was jumping. I took my shoes up. I took my socks off, which just had ticks. Threw them. I just threw them. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I got them all off, and I was just like shuddering. Like, Ugh. well, yeah. But I got a great shot. That's all that matters. And you no know. Lyme disease. No, no Lyme disease. No okay. one bit me. They were still crawling. Andy Jenkins is coming. Oh, great. Analog's pulse. Okay. <laughs> so he's confirmed. And these are all confirmed I'm talking about. There's hundreds invited. So I think, you know, if you are even mildly interested in... Any kind of analog photography, 110, Minox, all the way through 8x10 and beyond, right. show up. There's gonna be, it's going to be a great time. Uh, Scott, you, you went to my show. Scott can throw a party. He can throw a heck of a party. Lots of giveaways. Uh, lots of great contacts. And, you know, not, you know, film photography podcast included. Yep. Um, just a great way to get out there. And this one will be... I, th- I have a feeling that this is going to be more, uh, so for people that really like the urban photography or kind of want to explore uh, a city like Cleveland, that's, it, it's vibrant, yet it's kind of like, it's older. Yep. It's got some older, uh, not decay, but just, just aged aspects to it. There's going to be a lot of folks just actively shooting uh, and socializing at the same time. So it's not your typical meetup where we're all just going like, to go take pictures of each other, which is great. <laughs> yeah. But this well, is going to have a lot of uh, productive photography as well. That's cool. Well, we're going to see everyone in a few weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. What are you, bird? <laughs> hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Kodak Disc. We're going to be reading some, some letters. And uh, we have some other stuff in store, too. Cool. Did you know that this year there is a Polaroid automatic land camera explosion? Hundreds of people have picked up Polaroid automatic land cameras because of FPP alone. Fuel your passion for instant photography and consider picking up a Polaroid automatic land camera right in the FPP store. All cameras are on my FPP workbench, are thoroughly tested, batteries reconfigured, and ready to drop into your hands. Stop by filmphotographystore.com and check it out. Hey, we're back! I'm glad you don't have a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Who uses Andor goes to Mac? No, <laughs> I told you it's In coming. There. It, it's I'm gonna take a few more gulps. It's gonna be. I'm drinking uh, chug, Coca-Cola Cherry Zero. Chug like half the can in five seconds. Just, it's awful. Let's uh, read some letters, Matt. Yeah, sure. Let's, uh, By the way, I love <laughs> getting letters. Uh, a podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Attach some pictures. Attach some, uh, attach some images. Yeah, or we better can, yet, we get those two. 
Uh, we're also at P.O. Box 152 Butler, New Jersey, 07405. Send us uh, some prints. Look, here's a that, the sad, that dog. sad dog. Handwritten letters. I don't want to say they, they get top priority, but they, they get top priority. <laughs> All right, so uh, listener letter. We got uh, something from uh, Johan uh, Nyberg or Johan Nyberg. Let's see. So, uh, hi, I bought an automatic 100 from your store a couple months ago, which, I've, which has been working great. But today when I tried it with a flash, it wouldn't fire it. I tried it with both an electrical flash and with the original flash bulb thing. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happens. Is there something uh, something I could be doing wrong? Read the instruction using the flash carefully. My electronic flash fires great with another camera, but when I the fla- when I press the test button, any any ideas? Absolutely. This is a great question and a very common question, and requires what I call a battery of testing. In other words, there's a process in testing your equipment. And it's very important to rule out what does not work. For example, uh, what's the gentleman's name? Uh, Johan. Johan used an electronic flash with his Polaroid 100 automatic land camera, and he tested the flash by firing the test button on the back. That's not enough. The flash, we've established the flash, flash fires, but we haven't uh, explored if the PC cable is on the flash contact. is worked. So yeah. I told him to please find a 35-millimeter camera, test that flash with the PC cord to see if the PC cord is it's working. Because PC cords go bad. Yes, they Real do. Real easy. And then you're ruling out. Then you know, okay, the flash works. And so the cord works. And the cord works. Step two, the input, the PC input on the Polaroid 100 automatic land camera um, it builds up uh, oxidation over the years. Easily. And it's just that that cable is not making contact with it. So you have to use a product like Deoxit. You spray it in there. It sizzle, sizzles away all the oxidation. And then uh, I have not met a Polaroid automatic land camera with a bum input yet. They usually always work. They're usually just oxidized. So try that. That's, and and that's, cleaning it won't ruin it at all? Uh, no, deoxit will not ruin everything. Great. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't gunk it up at all. It's, it degunks de- it. The original 268 flash thingy. That is a <laughs> original flash gun. It's called. It is a poorly designed. <laughs> it was one of the Edwin Land must have been out that day. Could have been. The battery is in under a plate that has two screws. It's amazingly inconvenient. And all of them like are just. Corroded, awfully out. corroded, because you can never open it. No, yeah, it's corroded. If there's anything blue green around the screws, that means it's F. all F, <laughs> F. So a lot of these original flashes don't work, but a lot of people don't even know there's a battery in it because no. the screw because the screws. Exactly. I've seen one where the corrosion is so bad that it's like it's bending the door, and the only thing holding it are those two screws. It looks like it's going to snap. You know, you like you explode. Yes, like you fire it, and it's going to just yes. So you have to open up that compartment. If it's clean, give it a shot with deoxit and put a fresh one, uh, only one, one uh, AA battery. Get yourself a M3 bulb, and then you can test it. The ones that are not corroded work great. I occasionally use them myself. So I haven't, I haven't heard back from this gentleman, but I'm hoping that I haven't heard back because he got everything got working. working. Yeah, so. Some people are like that. Like As soon as they get their answer, they just take it and run. That's fine. That's yeah. cool. What else? Uh, well, we have. Uh, looks like we have a two ten ish question. Uh, this is from Alice Williamson. Hello, I've just purchased my first Polaroid, a Polaroid two ten, and I've converted it to take the CR one twenty three three volt batteries. 
I tried covering the light meter, small lens on the front. When I took a shot after covering the light meter, there was no second click, only when I released the red button. There was minimal corrosion on the black battery contact, so I thought this wouldn't be an issue. I was wondering if you could tell me if this would be an electrical problem or something to do with the shutter. Is this a problem fixable, or should I try and buy a new one? I'm 17 and very new to film photography, so I may not have the, the name, may have got the names of the components right. If there is a solution, uh, can you try to explain it simply? Uh, it was it was your videos that got me interested in instant photography in the first place, and all my confidence is in you. Many thanks, Alice Williamson. Well, Alice, and by the time I answer this question, it's been resolved. Oh, great. She did a conversion to CR123 batteries. Uh-huh. Was the voltage too high? No, it's three, three volt okay. lithium batteries. And um, you basically have to cut off the, uh, you basically cut the wire where the lead is, the original lead. Yeah, add the new holder. And you just uh, you could twist tie, twist, twist tie the wires. It on. Yeah, the wire something sometimes has corrosion actually in the wire. The blue oh, just green is that old. Yep. Yeah, she said she had to trim the wire down to kept trimming it down to the corrosion to get a new lead. Yeah. Yes, to get a new lead. So the problem with the two ten was that just was, wasn't making contact from the wire. Uh, many of these cameras work just fine once you can get. Pass the corrosion and, and cut it out. It's like it's like a cancer in a sense that. Well, is the so are the wires long enough that you like have wiggle room? Yep. Like when you do that kind of thing. Yep. Okay, that's good. Well, because normally it just like pops right out when you open up the back. Well, uh, Mark Dalzell uh, is um, he owns a, a music shop, by the way. Yes. And he, and he fixes, repairs, makes guitars, so he's familiar with pickups, leads, anything electrical. He actually gave me some. Uh, Two wires that are coated in plastic, in the flexible plastic. Yes, I haven't done it yet. I have a pile of cameras that the wires are so shot. It's gonna, it's the corrosion gonna went right down to where the it comes in that compartment. Oh, okay. So I have to actually rewire the um, rewire the power that it goes right into the shutter of the, the camera. Mm-hmm. You have to take that plate off the front. Oh, okay. That's much more complicated, and we don't offer that rep- repair. And I don't know anyone that does, quite frankly. Sometimes it's not worth it. You just get Sounds another like a lot. 210. Yeah. So, um, although the film photography store, filmphotographystore.com, of course, we sell Polaroid automatic land cameras that, that I repair and get up and running. But I also get a majority of letters from people who pick them up off of eBay. Somewhere else. Yeah. And the biggest eBay uh, seller era is that so many sellers on eBay are saying... Sh- shutter works. They didn't go for the double click. They yeah. didn't go for the double click. The shutter has to double click, and it's not that these sellers don't know what they're talking about, but they don't know what they're talking about. Yes, they just don't know. Yeah, it's it's ignorance, not them just being you know Dicky. mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people who find the FPP videos are, are you know gung ho to find an automatic land camera. And sadly, uh, they're loading it with film and they're getting black frames because the shutter's not firing Which properly. Which sucks. <laughs> first, I get a lot of letters. First thing I do is the shutter test. Then you backtrack it from there. Okay, shutter doesn't fire. After put the battery in, is the battery compartment corroded? Yeah. So uh, that's number one question. Polaroid automatic land cameras, and 80% of the time that's easily remedied. Okay. So And people in the U.S., have sent me their cameras and I've, I've fixed them up. Nope. And now Mark will add a free hot shoe. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Sadly, no. I wish. Uh, we need to do that service. I think. Yeah, I think hot, it'd hot be shoe big. service. Hot shoe. John could do the uh, pitch. Hot shoe <laughs> service. Gazoontide. Well, uh, looks like we have, uh, I think that's it for our Polaroid questions. Okay. We have, uh, 
We have a nice little intro letter. Okay. Want to go with that? Yeah. So this is from uh, Adam Rogerson. And hello to all at the Film Photography Podcast. I am 15 years old, probably 16 by the time you're probably reading this. And I live in London, England. I began shooting oh. film a few months ago using my dad's old Topicon RM300 and my uncle's old Yashica Mat 124G. Topicon! Yashica. Both are fantastic cameras, and I enjoy shooting with them very much. Although my family does, don't particularly seem to understand the attraction in taking pictures on film rather than digital, my interest actually began by stumbling upon one of the two Lomography shops in London. Oh! And I became increasingly curious of what this movement was about. While I quickly found myself becoming something of a method photographer soon after I started shooting film, my curiosity of Lomography continues and I may find myself buying one or two of their cameras in the near future. In fact, my first three rolls of 120 were Lomography brand film. After digging around the internet a bit, I stumbled on your podcast and I was quickly taken in. I've now begun the mammoth task of listening to the entire archive of FPP and while also keeping up with the latest ones that come out. I've also been shooting black and white films and started developing myself and producing contact sheets and enlargements using my school's darkroom. He's ready for a C1, C41 processor. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, oh, we'll get to that. That's, that's going to be good. And uh, scanning using the school's Epson V700. Nice. He's, he's got it down. Yeah. So uh, doing the whole process myself and teaching myself about it has made me realize how much photography is a craft and seeing your own photographs and having developed and printed them yourself is infinitely more rewarding than pressing a few buttons. I feel more ownership of my photographs having produced them myself. Film photography is still relatively new business to me and I have plenty to explore and discover. I'm still curious about Polaroid and the Impossible Project and learning to shoot large format among other things. Well, budget constraints aside, the discontinuation of, of certain films... Late, certain slide films lately have uh, have made him more aware of the the increasing cost of certain films. Oh, and if, uh, if we could send him a roll of chrome, I don't know if we could do that, Mike. We have all this chrome sitting around. That would be most is there, appreciated. Is, is there a check mark on that? There's, we're checked. There's, he's, he's checked. It's on its way. Oh, yeah. it's on its way, dude. And and he's already uh, replied back. Um, oh, he has. What do you it, say? It's going to meet us in the. It's going to meet you guys next week. Oh, is that right? In the UK meetup so. on the ninth. Yeah, on the ninth. So June 9th. Yes. Sorry for the length of the email. Keep up the fantastic work with the podcast. Yours sincerely, Adam. 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 Okay. So, well, this is, uh, this is great. Yeah, that's awesome. I love hearing from younger shooters just because I think the audience is encouraged when yeah, they hear it. Yeah. And, you know, any other younger guys out there, they're not like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I'm the only one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all, these, all these ancient 26-year-olds yeah. <laughs> talking about film. More letters? That's it. Um, well, I have one on my email. Oh, okay. Go ahead. And this is one I haven't answered yet, so Ooh. I'm going to like, I'm on the spot. Wow. Uh, this is a darkroom question. This is from uh, Lemuel. Lemuel Brisa. And he says, hi there, guys. I've watched your videos on YouTube about the darkroom introduction, like our most popular video. Yes. Well, I was pretty amazed about it, but my question is, how can I process and develop all this film if I don't have such cool, expensive equipment like you do? How would I be able to process and develop film in a, in a much cheaper way? I don't have a big space uh, to use on processing. Uh, can I use a bathroom or something similar? Uh, what do I need to buy to develop film cheaply? I really would like to know how to develop it myself because uh, it's, it's a little expensive sending it out to the lab. And he's from the Middle East, Qatar. Where's that? Um, oh, don't ask him. <laughs> like I told Robbie whenever she would ask me an interesting question, I'm a dumb American. <laughs> right. I don't know any. She asked me how much my bag was in kilos, and I was like, kilos? Your, your, which bag? My, my 8x10 bag. Oh. I think I said uh, 12 kilos, and I was way off. My bag's like 18 kilos, Robbie, if you're listening. Oh, okay. 
Um, so he's from Qatar, and my uncle's. Uh, oh, and he's recently acquired uh, a Pentax P30, which is a 35 millimeter camera. Okay. So, all right, um, Lemuel, it's really easy to develop film. You don't need a lot of expensive equipment. In fact, the bare essentials, if you're going to develop film, uh, let's just limit this to black and white for now. You need a dark bag, a little film changing bag. Those will run you 15, 20 bucks. You want a bigger one, 30, 40, 50 bucks. After that, you need a uh, a plastic or stainless steel tank. I prefer plastic, so I would recommend a Patterson tank. Mm-hmm. The tank comes with a plastic ratcheting reel, Patterson reel, mm-hmm. uh, and that also comes with the spool, light tight lid, and that's for processing your film. You put uh, your film in that tank, in on the spindle, and then in the or on the the spool on the spindle in the tank, light tight ready to process and then on top of that all you need is your black and white chemistry uh, bare minimum you need a developer a fixer and photo flow you want to go a little more premium you need some black and white developer some indicating stop bath which lasts a long time fixer which will last a pretty long time hypoclear high our hca hypoclearing agent that will and that will or a fixer remover something like that and then a photo flow so Altogether, I would say you can start developing film on your own for fifty to seventy-five dollars American, and that would be uh, budget film developing, and that will get you probably through your first twenty or so rolls of black and white film. Because developers are pretty cheap, you go through them often. Uh, fixer, after that, you have to replace right. a little bit. Never have to de- uh, buy new stop bath if you don't want to use stop bath. Running water is great. Uh, Google, uh, like Ilford's processing sheets, they show you how to do it without uh, sheets, <laughs> without stop bath or HCA. So uh, really efficient ways to do it without wasting a lot of water or buying a lot of expensive equipment. If you don't want to buy a dark bag and save some money, you can do it in a bathroom, put a towel under the door, or, yeah, or, ta- or, ta- or tape the light leaks. I do that in the hotel, yeah. gorilla film changing, so... You can also change it out in the field if you have a, a dark bag, which is nice. You know, to like hot swaps a new film. Hot swaps. Exactly. So I hope that answered your question, Lemuel. And Mike, I have a question for you. Yes. Are we ever going to get a darkroom kit on? Because I, I feel... I was just going to ask you. I was going to say, I was going to say, Matt, is there an FPP starter kit? You know, I think sometime, maybe this summer, we need to get one up there because this has got to be the number one... Number one! Darkroom question. You know, how do I develop film? And I think if we had, you know, we've already got a pretty good video. We could put it together an instructional video. For that kit. A buy it now kit. You know, a good price point, and we'll get And even some film to get them started with developing black and white film at home because it is easy. And when you realize how easy it is, you'll just be shooting more black and white because you can process it yourself. Most of that cost. You once you're set up. Once you're set up, it's so much cheaper. So, you know, and we'd, ha- we'd even have, like, the, a premium kit. We could have, like, the squeegee and the tongs and yes, some, some trays. Yeah, just really get it going. So, folks out there, if you, were, if you are like, hey, I'm listening, and I will buy your FPP startup development kit for black and white film, send, me, send us an email. We want to know. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Just say, hey, man, I want an FPP starter kit. And then Matt and I will bang our heads, <laughs> and maybe by the summer we could have something on the site. I, I think that would be awesome. And we're going to put together a realistic, as cheaply as possible kit. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, just to get a starter kit. 
So that's awesome. Are we out of letters? Um, yeah, that's it for now. Okay, that's it for now. Take a quick break. We'll come back. You know, it's such fun to give somebody something they've never had before. It's what I got from my wife. Something so new. It's the Kodak Pocket Instamatic Camera. There it is. No, it isn't. Where did I put it? I've got to see this camera. It's about, oh, that big. To load it, you just slip in a film cartridge. She's going to love it if I can find it. The great thing about it is it's so small, it's right in your, in your pocket. <laughs> Even smaller than I remembered it being. Now I can show you how great it is. You can carry it with you wherever you go. It's easy to load. Maybe a small camera, but it takes big, sharp, clear pictures. Look at these. Aren't those great? The Kodak Pocket Instamatic Camera starts at less than $28. The complete outfit's a little more. Just tell them to remember which pocket they put it in. The Kodak Pocket Instamatic Camera. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running through 2012. Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. Mm, that's right, yeah. Support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Matt and I went to Target before we started recording. Yes. I brought all the film that I shot and one roll that Matt shot uh, uh, from the LC Wide. LC Wide, yeah. yeah. Nice camera, nice little camera. Very, uh, I got to use my adorable little 90 millimeter cable release on it. Oh, yeah, I saw <laughs> that. Because it was long exposures. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I noticed I was, that. I was shooting them inside, so. Yeah. yeah. So I packed up the eight rolls of film in a brown bag and we went over to Target. And I've been using Target for a long time now, and they're discontinuing their processing. Uh, every time I go there, it's like next week. Then I'll go the next week. Like, you got one more week. I was walking. I was on a walk in Pompton Plains, getting mm-hmm. a little exercise. I'm walking, and this dog like comes running from across the street. Oh, God, like foaming at the mouth? No, no it was cool. It was a big <laughs> dog. And then it come, running after the dog is Alex, that dude. No. The Target guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't so know he this. He calls the dog back, and I'm walking down the street. I'm like, thanks, Alex. He's like, and he's yelling from across the street. He's like, next week, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you just knew from that. Like, well, so uh, we went and dropped off the film today, yes. end of May, and uh, he gave me us another week. It's almost like someone is on life support. <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, another week. Made it through this week. Signs, signs of life. Yeah. Let's come back next week. So I really never noticed the processor. Matt, you were hip to what they ha- what, what do they have over uh, there? They have an Aritsu V30, Mike. Um, and Aritsu V30 is a pretty good processor. Uh, well, I don't know if they had the V30, but the V30 is the um, it's the one to have if you're going to be doing processing. <laughs> In your house. If you're going to have one, if you're hardcore. If you're shooting like 20, 30, 30 rolls a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know some wedding shooters out in California. They got in on a V30 together, and they processed their own film. Right. Because if you are if you're putting a lot of volume through and not like sick of your lab, but you don't need the lab and you're just doing a scanning workflow, this is beautiful. Yeah. Um, these processors can handle 14 rolls of film per hour, <laughs> insane yep. amounts. 
and they handle 120, 220, 126, 135, 110, and IX240. And I Googled it. IX240. Mike, what the? APS. Oh, my gosh. APS. So a disc. No disc. Send it to Dwayne's. No. Um, we're, yeah, either, we're either sending ours to Dwayne's or, or Blue Moon. I think Dwayne's. Yeah. So, but yeah, V30s. Um, some places just like throw them out. And then there's other kooks on eBay selling them for like fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> but there's some reasonable prices, right? Very reasonable prices. And so, so if you're listening and you want to start your own photo lab in your town, V30, Noritsu V30. Google it. So I, we dropped off the film, and they were really busy in there. So I got almost no acknowledgement of me. Yeah, Alex even, just like walked by. Like, yeah, just put it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then. Um, Matt and I sashayed <laughs> over to the electronics section to check out the Polaroid 300, which is now locked up. Used to be you could just pull it off the shelf. Yep. They must have got, someone must have stole some. It could be. Yeah. The Polaroid 300 sitting on their shelf, all sad. <laughs> uh, Polaroid 300 film, like big sale, dollar off. <laughs> Ten ninety nine for one pack. Which you know the the Fuji Instax same film, mm-hmm. Fuji Instax a two pack is like fifteen ninety nine or sixteen ninety nine. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Hey, let's take a quick break. Hey, this is Mike Rosso, Film Photography Project. I'm here in the studio with John and Matt. Hello. Hello. Here, here to tell you about our eBay auctions. Help support FPP by visiting our auction pages. So we really need your participation. We're having our Polaroid Packtastic celebration, and every weekend I'm grabbing two pack cameras, one Polar Plastic Fantastic. That's a Polaroid pack camera that's all plastic, and I'm also bringing one of the much sought after Polaroid 100 series glass lens cameras. I would like you to visit our eBay page to see what we have, and maybe you would like to own one of my cameras from my vast, vast inventory. My Polaroid vault of cameras. Go to myworld.ebay.com slash film photography project. That's myworld.ebay.com. Myworld.ebay.com forward slash film photography project. Stop by weekly to see what we're offering. Thanks a lot. Thanks for supporting FPP. Hey, we're back. Matt, I have a question. Sure, what's up? Well, actually, do you want to talk about... I'll hold my question for later in the show, uh, because we're going to have to wrap it up pretty soon. Okay. I see a really weird... Oh, yeah. I mean, this is something maybe a 16-year-old girl would own. That is a... What brand is that? This is actually a Minolta camera. It's a Minolta disc. AC-101. And there's some French on the camera. I can't, like... uh, I have no memories of this other than John the Trackman. His dad bought a disc camera in the 80s. Oh. And I remember never, ever caring. Is it working? I don't know if I just killed the battery. Maybe it's like radio. It always seemed wrong to me. Can shoot you? Sure. All right. Let's take a shot. Yeah. Holy shoosh. Here we go. Did you hear it like swing the disc around? Yeah. yeah. Now this is a Kodak disc. Do you, have any, do you know anything about this format? Um, I actually my experiences with disc film go all the way back to like the uh, the little uh, Disney slide viewer thing, and they came on disc film. Yep. And they had these little. They were like E6 discs, and you drop them in. E6 
discs? It was like chrome of these no discs. No way. And you crank through the viewer and it turns. Oh, okay. Viewmaster. Yeah, the Viewmaster. View yeah. Okay. Is that disc film? Viewmaster? Or is that different? No, no. It's, it's the same concept, but it's, it's a different. It's a different film. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I thought that was disc no, film. No, it's not disc okay. film. Okay. Well, that's like the only. A Viewmaster. GAF yeah. made it. Yes. So uh, my closest experience to it was Viewmaster. I believe my aunt had a disc film camera. Everyone's aunt had one. Yeah. Aunt Linda? 110. I, I just always <laughs> I always go to Aunt Linda. No, Aunt Linda's 110 and it's still 110. I, she bought a new Kodak digital camera, well, she should which get would be on, a collector's item. She should get on the uh, black and white 110. I, I said to her, you should you use your digital camera yet? No. <laughs> no. So disc Kodak uh, came out came out with it right, uh, yes. And you, of course, people who did photo processing had to buy in the whole racket. Yep. And and disc film, I, I say disc film is like one of two of those for, the, the racket formats, the pyramid scheme formats, because it was like disc. <laughs> you film. have to invest. Yeah, heavy investment. Um, and disc film, I think a lot of labs didn't mind doing disc film because it was it was very short lived, very in and out. Well, um, maybe and, five, ten years. Yeah, but compared to APS, APS was where everybody like had to really invest. Was very screwed over, like disc. Like people who were photo processors were angry. Very because well, they had to reinvest. I mean, think about it. that. Noritsu still takes APS. Mm. So like, and a lot of processors at the time, like they just that they had to. They were just yeah. strong armed into. APS. Everybody did APS. Well, see, this is history now. It's 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 recent history. It's a whole weird kind of thing. If you if you think about it, in the nineties, um, thirty five millimeter became huge. Thirty yes. the thirty five millimeter point and shoot camera became the camera for parents and grandparents. Yeah, point and shoot, disposable, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. thirty five mil, like no more. Uh, one ten, one twenty six are still being produced in the nineties, but very thirty five was the bomb. Yeah. Well, every and everything that was a, a new camera or like a, a like a trendy camera to use was all based on thirty five. wasn't based on anything different. It was just doing something different to thirty five, like ma- like the masking for panoramic, yep. or the actual. If, did you ever do the panoramic disposables, which took um, a couple extra frames on thirty six yes. exposures? It took uh, twelve. Yep. On Thursday, I love those. I took those disposable images of uh, Niagara Falls. Okay, first images I ever shot. Is that right? So the falls, the panoramics. So they look neat. And I guess Kodak thought, okay, thirty-five is the bomb. Let's make it easier because people still had to load the thirty-five. Yeah, the cartridge. Yeah. It seems that the major companies are all concerned that, or all think that, you know, we're for morons. lack of a better word, <laughs> that we're yeah, stupid. Yes. You know, like, oh, my God, how are people going to load this? Mm-hmm. Let's create a format where people could just drop it in drop and not think about anything. Well, I, I think they were hoping that it would be successful because it was between 110 and 35. But so, it was successful, right? And, it was successful because they got everybody in, to invest. Yeah. As, I, as of now, 2012, you can still find some APS in stores. Remember that I sent you all that 110? Before I was like an FPP installment, but yeah, I was sending yes. you 110 film. That store still has APS on the shelf. Mm. You want it? Oh, how much is it? It's probably like 12 bucks. No. no okay. I, I, got a, I got a bunch. Oh, good. FPP Freezer has a bunch. Oh, nice. We're, gonna do an a, we're eventually going to do an APS show. <laughs> what show? Because uh, some listeners have sent an APS as well. 
Oh man, is yeah. there like was there a decent or professional APS camera? Yes, I have it in the in the okay. In the, okay, the, okay we'll talk. I have about it. In the, it. Yeah, I have it in the storage room. It's a it's a full digital. It's a few. It's a full APS SLR camera. Wow, I. With can't a real even, lens. Can't even imagine. No, I, I don't think Disc Film had that. This is just no. strictly point and shoot. They sell on eBay, still get them. They're like, like this is, I have in my hand, doesn't work. I got this from my Uncle Mike. A Keystone 1070, of course, Everflash. Oh, oh yes. Everything Keystone is an Everflash. <laughs> with a Tele motor that's now bust. Bust. And on eBay, there's a lot of no-name, super plasticky brands. Yeah. I thought that's what all it was until it, Leslie showed me this this beautiful little thing. What's great about Leslie's stuff is it all works. It's all I'm premium. so jealous. It's all premium. Well, she was a dealer, so she had like pick of the litter. Yeah. Everything's junk over here, <laughs> except for what Leslie says. <laughs> <laughs> Including the film. Yeah, yes. Uh, this I was hoping to get this disc format up and running. Now, there are people like, well, Nick Raypack. Hardcore. Really into disc. He had a disc. It was yes, a, like he did. a premium disc. Yeah, no. He's, yeah. He's had like a telephoto lens or something. There are disc enthusiasts. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can scan it yourself. You can kind of jimmy rig it on your scanner. And like, I'm sure. Yeah. Because it's flat. I mean, it's pretty flat. Yeah. It's just, um, so who, who to process? Dwayne's. Dwayne's. That's it. Yeah. Dwayne's photo in uh, Parsons, Kansas. So are you a disc enthusiast? Do you shoot... Disc film, uh, you know, just drop us a line at podcast.filmphotographyproject.com. Let us know what you're doing with disc. And if there are any images you could, like, point us to, like, maybe your your stream or your, um, what do you call that? Your set. Yeah. Your set on uh, Flickr if you have some disc images posted. And what do you like about disc? Like, why do you shoot it? Is it just a morbid curiosity with, like, <laughs> dead formats? I mean, I, I'm... Yeah, serious. Yeah, I mean, I'm a 20, 126 guy. I love 110, uh, so I can understand your your gas. You know what my morbid like format that I want to try is? Uh-uh. Arrow film. Arrow film. Arrow film. I don't even so know what it is. The film is eight inches wide, and it's a roll film. They put in cameras that went up in a plane, or f- that went in what were called circuit cameras. You ever heard circuit cameras? No. Basically, it's like a large format camera, like an 8 by 10 inch camera, but it has a gear on it. And these gears control how slow the camera rotates and takes a super panoramic image, like a 360 panorama. Was this, was, was this a consumer camera? This was like a professional's... Um, you ever see those old group shots of like everybody in the train yard all lined up? Yeah. And it's, it's just a huge panoramic. And you're like, how big is... How, what camera took this? It was a circuit camera. And the shots were always 8 inches by 20 inches or wider. Really? Yes. Insane, wow. insane commitment to these systems. Do you have one? Hell no. No, okay. <laughs> I, I know a gentleman that has what one. What kind of film? I call it aero film. It's basically 8-inch roll film. Oh, okay. So it's 8 inches by whatever you want the image to be. Right. Big cartridges, and every exposure has to have a different gear because that gear plugs into the camera, and there's a weak electric motor that drives that gear uh, it, over the exposure. Is film of that size being made so people could roll their... You can order, if you pay Kodak enough, roll film. Most oh. people are using old um, stock that was used by like the U.S. Army right. and such, and that's why I call it aerofilm because that's usually all you can find on, uh, on the web. But, but do, you, do you want to shoot this format? 
Do I? Yeah. I, I want to see a camera in action. There's a right. guy. There's a one video on YouTube of this guy like showing a high school how to use it. Right. And it's funny because like if you watch the video, there's a couple times it like pans over to the kids in the auditorium and they're like asleep. Really? <laughs> like throwing paper airplanes. Like they don't care. Yeah. The only person that's interested is the guy that's shooting the video and then uploading it to YouTube. <laughs> wow. But it's it's a great video to kind of show you. But they're called circuit cameras. So that's my like cult large of course it's a large format cult camera but yeah of course you know what you would like in in the obscure large format I, i've told you about this a couple times the chamonix saber oh it's like the it's the rolls royce of uh of pack film and or four by five hand holdable cameras what, what what kind of film does it take it's a four by five inch film and oh, it takes okay. polaroid and it takes uh anything like your crown graphic takes ah. you know what we're going to be doing in a few minutes when we get off show here shooting we're going to set up my uh, crown graphic with the uh, one shot polaroid back <laughs> what oh, is that yeah. called that is the polaroid 545 because mike has some old uh, type 57 yeah look at, look at this thing mike look at how look at how freaking premium this is chamonix saber oh look at that what it looks like a pack camera yeah exactly it, it's um what they did is they take a 185 or 195 shell yep they modify uh, the standards. They add in extra extra grips on the side. Yep. Uh, they put a sweet lens on it, like a sweet, sweet, sweet large format lens. So you can't, you don't have like the the accessibility of the the buttons. You have to cock the shutter you, yourself. But I mean, that is. Hey, a, what do you Google? If some, some, someone listening wants. Sorry. <laughs> listening wants to. What do you Google? Oh, uh, option eight. Nate. <laughs> Nate from Option Eight has one. Uh, so this is a Chamonix saber. So Chamonix is spelled like Chamonix, C H A M O N I X, and then saber, S A B E R. It looks very compact. The, it's very, it's incredibly compact, super light. Um, it has the ground glass added in, so you can treat it like a standard four by five camera, right. or just kind of grab it and go. It'll take, I believe, it'll take the uh, Graphmatic backs, which are those uh, six shot uh, film backs. So you can put six sheets of film in there. Sheets. And uh, change it out and really... Will that take a standard 4x5 back? Or yes, it will. Oh. Holders. They're v- super limited edition. I think uh, less than 100 of them were made. Okay. And Nate so. has one? I don't know. He has pictures of it. I think he might have tricked his out. Nate, you're a maniac over there. <laughs> well, these, well, these large format guys, Mike, you know, it's... I wouldn't say more money than brains, but quite a few of them. <laughs> LF. Those LFers. I posted on Flickr. It's like uh, Matt L F I R shoot. <laughs> Leafers. Right. Well, this kind of leads right into a question I have. Oh, which, well, that question that, is a simple question because I thought about it and I have a video on YouTube. It's like Polaroid, which camera? And it's so true. It's like you want to get into something, you're like, which camera? Because it's hard. There's a lot of choices. I was mentioning to Matt, I'm like, well, you know, if you choose a camera, 35 millimeter, uh, Polaroid camera, you may drop 20 bucks, 50 bucks, a hunch. Or more. Or a little bit more, but it's very different with large format. So if you're getting into large format, holy smokes, Matt, which camera? Like, how do you decide? Well, I mean, and we've covered it a little bit in the past. I covered, like, the basic kinds of cameras. You, so did? If you press, Yeah, you have your press camera, yep. like yours, like the Crown Graphic. And that is very, li- you know, just very limited as far as movements. But you're trading, you're trading movements and and certain um, lenses because some lenses are too big right. for the the fold up uh, little board on there and you have to just 
kind of suck it up. You have limited lenses, limited movements, but you have super portability. Right. Because there's a grip and everything like that. Um, and those are also on the cheaper end of things just because there were so many of them made. Once you make it up to field cameras, field cameras uh, are great. They're compact. They're light. They have a medium number of movements. Not all of them, but a lot that you – everything you do need, nothing you, nothing you don't, kind of. Is that why the Crown Graphic is sort of like the gateway the, drug? It is because it gets you started on a very limited budget. And it gets you started in – for me at least because I'm just you know using it regularly now. It gets you started with – Loading a back, loading your film. Exactly. Loading it, the back. It gets you, it gets you hooked, you know, because you're sh- usually the guys with the, the press cameras are shooting a higher volume of images, and the field cameras and the monorail cameras, like your studio cameras, those help you slow down a little bit more. Okay. Your field camera helps you out in the field. It's light, has less movements than a monorail camera, but it takes all the, all the lenses and gets it gets everything done. Ansel Adams field camera. Mm-hmm. Most of the the large format guys that were out in the field used a field camera. Right. Monorail cameras, they're bigger, they're bulkier, they have insane numbers of movements, um, just like way more movements than most people practically ever use, but you trade um, all that mobility of the, not mobility, but ease of, of doing movements and perspectives for weight. They're usually very heavy, 20, 30 pounds, some of them, insane. Right. Um, in 4x5, everything's light, <laughs> but once you get up to 8x10, it gets kind of annoying if it's a very big, heavy camera. Um, and then there's, uh, let's call them specialty cameras. Yeah. Because I just talked about that circuit camera. That's a very niche, it's like a field camera with a motor drive on it yeah. that, that spins it around. Very interesting. Um, you have pinhole. Pinhole's the lightest format in large format. Oh. And maybe it's not even a format, but just a style because they're super light. You know yeah. that, uh, the Ilford 4x5, the Harman Titan? Beautiful and super light, super durable. Super. And you never have to worry about damaging something just because nope. it's the ABS plastic. It's, it's great. Um, another specialty camera. Uh, there was uh, a very interesting, um, unique maker of cameras, um, Peter Gowland, and he made what was called the Gowland Flex. Oh, is that right? <laughs> and the Gowland Flex is anything with a flex, so it's a TLR. If it has the flex. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Because okay. it's a twin lens reflex. This guy seriously made 4x5 and 8x10 twin lens reflex cameras. A 4x5 twin. Here is a, a gentleman holding 8x10 TLR camera. Oh, let me hold he's, he's photoshopped on a lady's head, just to be funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, that yeah. is... The Gowland Flex 8x10. Insane, right? That's insanity. That it, exists? It exists. A real camera. They go for about 12 grand. Um, it's for studio. Silly studio. <laughs> okay. But like, he made very, he's very, made, made very neat, uh, niche cameras. Um, he also made a pocket 4x5. This uh, is pockets. This is what the 4x5 uh, Chamonix Sabre was modeled off of. Oh, okay. Um, Peter Gallon also made an ultralight 8x10, an 8x10 camera that, only, that weighs only 4.5 pounds. Look at that. Pockets. Four and a half pound, eight by ten. Look at Insane. that! Insane. Just everything. Uh, it doesn't rotate. Gowland. Peter Gowland. Very, very. Cl- Jeff met him. My professor he took a workshop with him. West Coast. West Coast guy. Mo- he, he shot models. Yes. Had uh, Dwayne talked. Lived on the other side of his studio, but Correct. had a separate door. Yes. Peter Gowland. Yes, Peter Gowland. If you uh, hit the FPP archive and listen to one of our earlier shows, Dwayne was talking about Peter Gowland. Uh, who he would separate his work from his like he, yes he would separate his work from his life even though he lived in the same building by having separate entrances. Mm-hmm. I believe his wife was his assistant. 
very very much so. And he shot like classic 1950s models. Yes, uh, not like the 50s. I don't want to call it pinup, but kind of like the on the beach kind of stuff. Yes, yes. yes. all that stuff. So yeah, it's coming back full circle. FPP. So your cameras. There's usually specialty cameras, monorail cameras. Those right. are the big heavy studio cameras, field cameras, portable, ultra portable press cameras. Right. Press cameras typically tend to be smaller. Field cameras typically tend to be everything, any format you can name. There's a field camera of it. Uh, monorails typically tend to be studios, so 4x5, 8x10, right. and sometimes 11x14, but usually not. And then your specialty cameras are just like everything else. So, you know, when and prices, it's not just, you know, between 50 bucks to 100 bucks. We're talking a couple hundred bucks for your press camera all the way up to uh, tens of thousands of dollars for these specialty and ultra large format cameras. Right. So, you know, and Keith Canham is somewhere, you know, somewhere in there with his ultra premium uh, field cameras yep. that he makes. Yep. So, you know, when you're um, people, I get two questions a week about which large format camera do oh, I get? Oh, okay. Yeah, and they'll just email me matt at filmphotographyproject.com. Right. And there are, um, I always say the biggest factors are budget, so your price. Movements like what you want, what you want the camera to accomplish. So movements and subject matter are also very big. So if your subject, if your intended subject is a studio, get a monorail camera because they'll usually be cheaper, especially in the four x five range. Because no one, uh, schools are getting rid of them. You, oh. you can get a four x five monorail for less than hundred bucks. They're actually okay. cheaper than press cameras. If you want to do Ouija style, you want to go to parties. You want to do indoor, outdoor, and a little bit of landscape work. Yep. Get um. Get a press camera. Yeah. If you want to do only outside Ansel Adams kind of stuff, you want to have some movements, get a uh, get a field camera like a Shenhao, a Chamonix. 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 I, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? And, yeah, get a field camera, brand new or old. The, now, remember, the older wooden cameras are going to be kind of rickety. So, you no, some, they really are. In long exposures, you're going to see the, the weakness of that camera. Um, if you want... A camera that's going to be, if you're shooting models, it's married in the studio, or you have plenty of time to set up, you know, just stick with the, the big monorail. If you have a specialty need, or you just want to be different, get, get, the spe- <laughs> get that special camera. Yeah. You, want to be, you want to get looked at, like, every time you whip that camera out, get a Gowlin Flex. <laughs> you, want to, you want to, you know, tread off the beaten path and uh, get, uh, get some really unique-looking images, get a pinhole. Pinhole you can make yourself for less than fifty bucks. Uh, if you want to splurge, get the the super premium. Super. Get the uh, Harman Titan pinhole. You know, and everything's ready to go. So, uh, you know, we didn't even talk about this, but if you want a camera that's somewhere in between this mix of monorail or field camera, a lot of guys are making their own. There are directions on how to build your own large format camera on the really? internet. Yes. You can find them at largeformatphotography.info. So, you know, there's any large format questions, email us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com, or email me direct, matt at filmphotographyproject.com, and I'll be glad to answer your question. Large format is something that we will be talking about more and more, so get used to it. Yeah, it's something fun, I think. Folks are getting into it, and we're just accommodating, really. Uh, Matt, uh, tell us about some things coming up. Are there any large format? Like, if let's say you buy a large format uh, camera. Is there any community or anything you could be part of online or any meetups? Well, or? we're going to hear more about it June 1st. Oh, yes. Okay. But Photostock at the end of June, the week after Analog's Pulse, 
up uh, way up near the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. We're going to have you, you doing all right there. I'm always afraid the bulb's gonna like blow up my hand. Well, it's, it's done it like two, three times to both of us. So. Yeah, and but it won't explode. Explode. No. <laughs> well, the- I have a Crown Graphic. Yeah, Graflex Crown Graphic camera. This is my camera, and I've always been fascinated by the whole Ouija style, which I have not done. Which is you don't open up the back and focus on ground glass. No, you're rangefinder focusing and you're stopping it down to like F11, F16 and hitting it with some bulb. So if I just say, if I'm shooting, well, I'm going to use the flash gun. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go down to F22. Okay. You know, it always gets blown out. How about F30, 32? You can go 32. F32 at a 50th of a second. Sounds good. And I'm going to take a uh, Polaroid shot, 50th of a second. Oh, what speed is that film? That's like 3,000, isn't it? No, it's 100. Oh, it's 100. It's oh, 100. Oh, FP. FP. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be F32. good. F32. Yeah. I'm um, going to not focus. Six feet. We calibrated eight. it. Oh, eight feet. I okay. just want to say, uh, you're, you're about six feet. Yeah, about six feet. So put it on. Yeah, put it on six. But what did the Ouija do? What did he fix it on? Eight feet? Um, he'd probably have. Uh, well, he was always a little further back. I would say he probably put it up to eight, ten feet, and then stopped it down to eleven or sixteen, and hit it with the flash. And there is a. What does this thing do? That's a rangefinder. That just that that finds how far it is, so you can set your distance on your camera. How? And what does the button do? Uh, what button? This doesn't. It's on top of the rangefinder. It says eight, six, infinity. But when I look through the eyepiece, it's not doing jack. Uh, there should be a split. Uh, there should no, be a split the, image you're no, finding. No split image. No. Let me take a look through there. There you go. Oh, this is the rangefinder. Yeah, that's the rangefinder right there, and the dial. The dial sets where the split goes. You look through that hole there. That hole there, and you set on the dial how far you're looking. So um, I think it's set to eight feet right now. So now you're do, you're doing the big shot shuffle to eight feet. Six. You're on six. Okay, so put it on six, and you should be able to find me at six. About there. Six feet. Six feet. So I will... Let's put, put some film put some film in it. Yeah. And uh, so while Mike's loading up some film, Photostock, June 21st through the 24th in Harbor Springs, Michigan. Great little meetup. If you just have a large format camera, you're new to large format, want to learn more about it, see some folks in action with large format, it's a great way to... Uh, okay, now I'm now testing this. Oh, look at this. Oh, heat. Nice. I can just... I, Got a suntan. Burn your friends. <laughs> Those bulbs are so resilient. I could put the slide back. Back in. Pull out your sheet. Pull out my sheet. Now, what is the status on uh, FP100C color 4x5? Go on. <laughs> Gone. Gone. Is there any instant film made for these cameras? Um... There is a new 55 project. There's a gentleman in New England that is remaking Type 55 style film. And Type 55 is the single sheet black and white. Um, the emulsion he's using is Efke, I believe. It's a Efke 50 speed film. And he's pairing it with his own reagent and paper. And he's getting great results. You can find out more information about the new 55 project on new55project.blogspot.com. Okay. Well, Matt, this was a great show. A great show. I, this was like a full, full show. Yeah, it's a full show. <laughs> it's like bonus, bonus, bonus. 
bonus show. We even gave away a camera on this bonus show. Yeah, don't forget if you uh, want to win the um, Minolta XG9 35mm camera, you have to go to filmphotographyproject.com forward slash giveaways. Uh, if you want to write to us, you have the address podcast at filmphotographyproject.com, physical address P.O. Box 152. Butler, New Jersey, 07405. We'll be back on June 1st. I want to thank everyone once again for listening. Thank everyone that came out to the meetup. Looking so forward to seeing hopefully everyone very soon. So I'll see you. See you. as trim as a briefcase and as easy to carry as a portable radio. The perfect way to show and enjoy the color slides you took last summer. It's the new Kodak 300 color slide projector. Not only is it the smartest looking projector you can buy, but the Kodak 300 is a pleasure to use with easy to reach controls right here on top and a new Ready-Matic changer the smoothest and simplest ever designed. Its wide-angle lens shows your slides big and bright in full color in any room, large or small. The new Kodak 300 projector in your choice of two color combinations costs just $64.50 or as little as $6.50 down. It's also available with an automatic magazine-type changer and because it's made by Kodak, you know it's good.
are you, Mr. Flintstone? Greetings, Rocky, my boy. Pack of Winstons, please. Oh, you like them Winston cigarettes, huh, Mr. Flintstone? Mm, but, of course, they really got something. You bet your life. Folks who really enjoy smoking know it's what's up front that counts. And that's where Winston steps out ahead of the crowd with their exclusive filter blend. Choice golden tobaccos, specially selected and specially processed for filter smoking. Hold it, hold it. Hey, what you mean? What are you pitching Winston's at me for? You know I never smoke nothing else. Just practicing, Mr. Flintstone. Everybody knows that... Winston tastes good, like a cigarette should. Yeah. See you soon, Rocky. The Flintstones has been brought to you by Winston, America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. Hey. Αν θα οδηγήσεις, ποιες, Μίστερ Μπράουν. Μίστερ Μπράουν, αυθεντικός καφές.